pretty frequently there's this guy he is so funny to me because he talks like mumble jumble you know like that and it just makes me laugh and that dog hated Jehovah's Witness I swear Dude, they would come to our door, and he would be out there. You'd hear Mike go nuts, and he'd be pecking at their feet. Just whack, 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 whack. I mean, and pecking at their feet. It was fucking awesome. Pretty sure if you aired Counter Cult, FCC would probably shit. <laughs> I mean, like, shit the bed and lay in a mess. Somebody tell Greg I've got some popsicles for it. Please, my son of a bitch. Fuck this countercult douchebag. Countercult? Bluff! Absolutely not. No god dang way are you listening to that smut in this house, Bobby. I want this country to realize that we stand on the edge of the I want every man, woman, and child to understand how close we are to kids. We'll be uncomfortable. But again, truth be told, if you're looking for the guilty. Hey, you rebel bastards. Welcome to another episode of the Counter Cool Podcast. Um, we got something special for you guys tonight. So, yeah, stay tuned and listen. But, Dick, what do you got for us, man? <laughs> well, now. We call this the act of mating. Uh, you know, the usual. Uh, you guys want to pick up some countercult swag and you can still do that at T-Public for the time being. Uh, we will also have custom hats here soon. Um, uh, we we're going to have, we we're going to go ahead and push those out earlier, but being as though we're restricted to hand sewing them right now, it's taking a while. <laughs> but but uh, we will have those out uh, shortly. Uh, you guys can still listen Um any podcatcher. We're also on Rumble and TikTok, Instagram, uh, Counter Cult Podcast on Facebook. Um, if you guys have any stories or anything you want, uh, you want to share with us, maybe come on the show. Uh, you're you're welcome to hit us up. It's countercult.podcast at gmail.com. And I think that's all I got. Chucky, take it away, babe. All right, guys, we got a fantastic show today, and we're introducing a very brand new segment of the show that we're going to call Rewilding. And this is brought to you by our favorite guest here, Rosemary. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about this new segment, the Rewilding Roundtable segment. It's going to be something I'm excited about. And I, Thank you for, you know, putting this on. So we had started out talking about these ideas in the Countercult podcast. I think it was in like the nature stuff section. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, and there's they- so much there. You just can't like, and then it, it, blew, like it, it blew my mind when you opened up the server, because then you've got like, you have all these sub sub sections, you know, of, uh, of rewilding and i just you've done a wonderful job awesome. yeah i'm actually uh pretty impressed about how fast it evolved from where it originally started it um just like all the new channels in it and uh, all the subcategories like dick was mentioning 
Yeah, I'm a huge fan. When I, when when you when you started the server, it wasn't what maybe three weeks when I pitched you the idea. We we did the you know we did the original where we kind of uh, introduced you and in the and and promoted this the segment. And I was like, we just got it. We got to do a a monthly thing with her. And and you know up until now she was kind of restricted on time and wasn't able to. And uh, God blessed her, and here we are. Yes. Um. Yeah, I here we are. It's exciting. So the server and is that what it's called whenever you have a Discord server when it's a whole Yeah. Thing? Yeah, you got the server and then you've got like the individual channels, yeah. Um on the server. That's uh, right. I had to get used to saying it right too, Rosemary. <laughs> I've called it everything. <laughs> uh but what, what thing- what's your favorite part of it? Like what what really what are you the oh. most passionate about? The resources of like where if you want to know how to grow food, you can like go find some soil amendments or you can like you can just search something and it's probably going to be in there because we've filled in so many categories. But my favorite part is discovering um, new topics like today or it might have been yesterday or yesterday bleeding into today where I was like, I don't have a tree section. So we have all of these things. And I was like battling with should I add a tree section and I'm like well maybe I can fit trees into some other section that I already have and that's been the most fun part is like you come up with these new ideas that you're so excited about and so then you create something to start filling in more information and we have so many different topics that it goes from ham radio with electronics to um, growing food and electric culture and now we're on to like frequencies and sound healing and it's a never ending. Um, my brain is never ending when it comes to these different topics. Like if we're interested in it, we're in there, talk, in there talking about it and our friends are in there talking about it. And then they just heard about something that you just talked about. And that's my favorite part is we're creating something. We're not only creating something, but then other people are learning about it. And so then we've created these waves and then it resonates with the next person. And then they're talking to more people. And so I may think that not anything big is going on because in my mind, not anything that big is going on, but people are learning, people are growing and all of that is so exciting to me. (laughs) It is. It is awesome. And I think, I don't want to, to, to piss off any of our, you know, any of our discord, but I think they're all in there as well, but I can say hands down rewilding is my favorite discord server. Um, it is just an awesome server. Um, and the funny thing is I catch myself, like I don't even hardly contribute. I can go in there and just look all day long at what everybody else is posting. I mean, there's so much great. And I didn't realize until then how many intelligent, wonderful people that we have in our community. Um, as far not, I mean, we knew that, but just as far as how intelligent and talented a lot of those people are. Yep. Oh, well, like with um, as far as that goes, you know, everyone that is in there has something great to contribute, and then I learned something new. I've learned something from everybody in there. I can say everybody's contributed, and I've learned so much. Uh, like. Last night, I don't even think it was in the rewilding server. I think it was in yours. And uh, Poppy Joe, he was visiting, I forget where, but some houses. And he found um, 
this well he was taking pictures and he found a new way to prune these trees did you guys see that the, oh, the, the, pruning... the crab apple trees oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah i can't um, remember what that's called but that was really cool yeah poppy poppy it, uh, joe's a, a very intelligent person too wonderful wonderful guy that was at that uh ghost hunting tour that him and his wife did they really were it's too bad he didn't see any ghosts. I was looking for him. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna have to have him on to talk. We're gonna have to to, to pry this out of him the next Rollin' Friends. I'm sure he's got a lot of stories. Uh yeah, I think he's coming down also for the uh for the Smoky Mountain big yeah. this year. Oh, that'll uh, be fun. Yeah, it was fun. Well, we had we had a good time last year. Um like I said, really, Tony's segment was really the only segment we enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> but we had one hell of a time afterwards, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't, it's not uh, very yeah. often that I get uh, that I get alcohol intoxicated. And it was fun. I was alcohol yeah. intoxicated. <laughs> so with me, I was uh, pretty jet lagged. And the next day, that's when uh, Tony's conference started. And after that, so um, after the, uh, what do you call it, the conference, we, went to the what do you call it, the smoky mount distillery yeah uh yeah. yeah uh let me see yes the what is it um moonshine distillery yeah old smoky, smoky. Yeah. yeah oh you guys were getting all shined up <laughs> yeah well dude they were doing uh one dollar uh sample shots which was amazing uh yeah i think we did like 10 rounds of those then uh Right after that, we're like, hey, look, there's a wine store across the street. So we went there. <laughs> and dude, same deal, dude. The fucking wine was yeah. killer, wasn't it? Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. I'm not a wine person, but oh my God, dude, that was amazing. Dude, if we go this year, we're going to have to get the name of that and and uh, share that that place. Yeah. That wonderful place. But back to rewilding, like, um, you know, the ham radio stuff is great. I love it. Obviously, I love the firearm stuff. I'm huge into firearms, but I love. We were talking about uh, Colleen. I love to have Colleen and Virgil come on yeah, uh, one day. Just That's a funny. wealth of information. I know. I learn so much from Colleen every single day. Um, she has like the greatest ideas and I'll be like, Hey, I'm going to do it this way. And she's like, Oh, well I did it this way. And then I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. So that like makes it easier if I do it that way. <laughs> she always has like already out. <laughs> yeah, dude, I would love to have her do like some short vids, like short videos of, of, you know, some of the stuff she does with the, with the crops and stuff, the gardening canning. reels. Yeah. Canning and gardening reels. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, she's well, always just a wealth of knowledge. But I'm like, hey, girl, I want that recipe. And she's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't written it down yet, but it looks so good. I don't know if y'all saw it. It's in the little glass bottle and it's all red. And she only has about this much left in her bottle. Just like she's ready to make some more. So what is it, Rosemary? Uh, is it the hot sauce? Yeah, the hot sauce. And yes. so she entered her pepper plants and what that means is like she had a she, i don't know if she dug them up and put them in the pots or they were probably already in pots because i think they were in her greenhouse and then she just moved them into the house and she, she just kind of trim it back and then over you know you just in the house kind of warm in a windowsill or under a light and then when the springtime comes you can put them back outside and then they're going to grow yes quicker. overwintering so yeah 
gonna like depopulate so much quicker than like a seedling so yeah. i'm excited well yeah they've already got the mass to the plant yeah mm-hmm. yeah i've seen some other people doing that the overwintering i wish you could do that with cannabis i don't know that you couldn't but i don't know that you can out there so. it's like the same concept i'm pretty yeah. sure you find doing it yeah I, I don't know i'll have to i'll have to try that <laughs> um, yeah just do, back I, and then you know give it a chance to because it's isn't it like a tomato plant where it's just gonna do the same thing as like like if you over you can overwinter a tomato plant a pepper plant and i'm pretty sure a marijuana plant it's like the same yeah. thing um yeah i'd say you're good with cannabis i hadn't really thought about it i mean i know like I, one thing that I like to do anyways is to veg them during the winter inside. Um, and veg is the first stage, you know, really just getting the plant big. It's, it's not budding, you know, it's not, you don't go into the flowering stage. Uh, you keep it, you keep the light cycle 16 at, you know, well I do, I keep it 16, uh, 16 on eight off. Um, you could do a little more on and a little less off. It doesn't matter, but you know, you keep it above, anywhere from 14 hours a day above you're, you're going to keep it in veg uh, vegetative state and so if I, I found that if i do that for a few months you know i've already got a large plant to put outside when when the weather is ideal and you know i put it out here beside the creek where it's getting a lot of minerals and a lot and i mean i've just had tremendous success with that uh, because it's already a, a large frame plant by the time i put it out there so it, it veges even more during the um, the longer hour days and then starts, you know, of course to flower, um, early fall. So I, I noticed that I get larger plants. Well, so I, I don't see that. I think you're right. Well, I know you can re-veg them, which I guess is really the same concept. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any experience with it. I'm just thinking because I'm familiar with all three plants and it just seems like it's, I, because I haven't done it, I can't say for sure, but I think you can. Yeah. I know that you clone it fairly easy. Like, are you familiar with the cloning process? Yes, yes, I am. Yeah, I know those yeah. are easy too. Yeah, you can definitely, that's what the cool thing about cloning is you get the genetics of that plant. So if you have, <laughs> you know, if you've got a, if you've got a phenotype that you are particularly pleased with, uh, you can, you, you can clone it and you're going to have the exact same genetics uh, in your clones as you do with the plant that you took them from. So, you know, that's a neat concept because you, if you clone a plant like over and over and over again. So at, at some point, if you do that, you can do something called like, uh, it's like a rejuvenation of the plant. So say you have this old plant and then you clone it and then the next generation, you clone it again. And the next generation, you clone it again. At some point, you'll end up with a younger plant as opposed to like the old plant that you've been cloning. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, each one really is a new, it is a new, um, uh, it is a new plant when you clone it, but it's, it still just has the same genetics as the mother that you cloned from uh, the same, the same phenotype, you know, like you might have, you know, like with strains on cannabis, you might have, you know, a, not only a particularly strong strain, but also certain phenotypes that exhibit certain traits that others don't kind of like when you have a recessive gene for um for uh albinoism say like like in people who uh breed their own snakes um 
well, if they have uh, litter, not all of them are going to be albino. Some of them are, some of them aren't. Well, say, for instance, you're, you know, you have a certain trait in that mother plant, the clones are going to be a, an exact clone of that mother plant. Not, I mean, obviously you don't have albinoism in plants, but if you did, that's what you would have on each of your clones if it were an albino. Do you get what I'm saying? I have this urge to say this. Have you guys ever seen an albino polar bear? <laughs> Sorry, I had to say it, man. I had to say it. I don't think I've ever seen a polar bear in the eyes. I think that's the only way you'd be able to tell. I'm pretty sure nobody hasn't been able to say anything about. It. Yeah. Sorry, I just had to say it. <laughs> that is the, pink, the pink-eyed demon of the north. <laughs> I like that outlaw. <laughs> thinking outside the box <laughs> so rosemary i think it would be a good idea that we'll name off the different channels on the rewilding and we'll get you to give a short description of each so we'll okay. start with the compound um the compound is kind of like our general hangout area that's going to be just like, hey, good morning. How is it going? Um, I don't know. Just general chit chat is where the compound's at because the compound is where you hang out. <laughs> right? There. Yeah. Makes total sense. Um, and then we got then, the ham radio and related topics. Yes. The ham radio topics. Uh, that's where we're talking about um, our equipment. Anything that we've done, just, you know, updating about uh, the ham radio. So some people are getting their equipment together. Some people are testing. Everybody is in a different level when it comes to ham radio. So where I'm at with my ham radio right now is I've downloaded the app. It's, um, you can download apps and you can, you know, quiz yourself. And then once you feel confident in your quizzes, then you can reach out and you can either do an online test or you can do a test in person. And the reason why we're doing ham radio is because that is a way that we can communicate in case of emergency. As long as the solar flares aren't happening too intensely, then we should still be able to get some radio frequencies so that we can communicate should um, internet and Wi-Fi and communications like cell phones go down. And then let we me, have a back- Let me butt in for just a second on that. So- now, and I know we talked about this before, but just to get just to to touch on it again. So, what what about like um, CB radio? Are there is there a lot of difference between them? The difference between the CB radio and ham radio is going to be like your distance, because your CB radio is people like let's say you're in a convoy, and you and like five buddies are convoying together, and you each have your CB radio. Y'all can all communicate to one another. And you could probably even communicate to like a semi-driver coming past you or whatever. And I know semis communicate that way, but it's a very short wave radio system. Whereas ham radio is a long distance radio wave system. So you can use what's called repeaters and you can bounce off of different um, 
repeaters and you can go longer distances. You're going to need an antenna, a radio equipment, and also your ham radio license so that you can communicate. Uh, you cannot communicate unless you have your license. You can listen in as long as um, you're not communicating, then that's fine. You can listen in to emergency stations. You can listen to um, people chit-chatting, all these different things. Um, if you do go on there and just start acting an ass, you're going to get called out by the ham radio community, and the FCC will have the right to find you. So I do not recommend doing that. But um, with the ham radio, it's something that I'm learning to do. I'm not super well versed in it, but um, me and some of the girls and guys in the rewilding group are working towards getting our licenses. And one of the things that I would like to do once a couple of us have a license, I think we need to have maybe three or more. Once three or more of us get our license, I would like to see us get a club call sign. So each of us will have our individual call signs and then we can actually start a club and have a club call sign. And that's something that's going to be a resource that we can use again should communications go down, we can reach out to one another and the friend group that we have so that um if something's happening on the other side of the country or even another country, you know, we can have communications with one another and let each other know what's going on. And I don't know if that will be useful, but I don't know that it won't be useful. So that's why I promote the ham radio on rewilding. Better um, safe than sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's just something that we can do. I mean, if, if you're not doing nothing, why not learn a new skill? But some of us already have new skills that we're working on and we don't have time for this and I get it. So it's something that I don't have time for right now, but when I do get some time, like I always go back to it and study a little bit more because I've been working on my license for a few years just because it's always something I put on the back burner, to be honest with you. It yeah, just, and if shit hits a fan, you can broadcast counter cold episodes, right? I don't know how that works, but <laughs> I'm joking. I know you, you know, they don't accept music over the airwaves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, up pretty, channel. I'm pretty sure if you aired counter cult, FCC would probably shit. <laughs> I mean, like shit the bed and lay in it. A mess. Gross. <laughs> we were scanning through the channels and um, just to see who was talking. And pretty frequently, there's this guy. He is so funny to me because he talks like mumble jumble you know like that and it just makes me laugh because i can't really understand most of it but the way that he flows it's so nice <laughs> therapeutic yeah and but oh, what's great. funny understands them because they all communicate back they're like oh hey how how are you doing there billy joe <laughs> all right uh next up we have survival equipment oh survival equipment okay so that's gonna be about let's see we have jim dud he had he's new to the group and he was talking about some supplies that he's just bought i think he was talking about some lighters didn't he say he had some orange lighters some orange big lighters 
And he's, <laughs> he said he was waiting on them, but all that there was is the possums on his porch. And then I think it was um, the goat. He was like, maybe the possums got the lighters. He said, if you see something running across <laughs> the yard, <laughs> probably them. Yeah, yeah, possums. He's he's got uh, USB flashlights in there, so you got them as uh, rechargeable. You don't need to have like disposable batteries for them. It's a good idea to have, as long as you got an electrical network to uh, work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, you can also use marine batteries for that as well, can't you, Chucky? Yeah, something like that. I know. I used to work with a guy. Uh, at this, it was like a distribution center. This is like when I was 18. And everybody would, uh, you know, it's like at a, at a grocery warehouse. And the one, the particular warehouse we were in was was dry grocery. Uh, you know, like peanut butter, beef jerky, all that, you know, pickles, everything that's dry, non-perishable. Um, and so we were allowed to have radios on our pallet jacks. Everybody had a pallet jack. And this guy, you know, everybody else would have, batteries this guy had a marine battery that he rigged up and he ran a, a cd player stereo that was bungee corded to his pallet jack <laughs> off of a marine battery that was also bungee corded to his uh to his pallet jack it's pretty fucking cool damn that is cool that's, that's smart right there yeah well and i've seen a lot of people make little solar panels mm. um solar panel generators that run off these marine batteries Mm-hmm. I'm not that fucking smart, but it'd be cool to have people like that in the community. Yeah. I know. Uh, I think that our community is like hit like a stagnant little standstill for a minute. I'm hoping that it will grow, just like overall grow um across the the spectrum. But well, um sure that, it will. the I think it will. It's just going to take some time. But the survival equipment. So uh, one of the things that Scott and I just bought, because we have like a first aid kit. And, you know, if something happens and we need to like run for it, it's a box and we can just grab it and go. And he just recently bought some tourniquets because that's something I haven't thought about. And I don't know if anybody else has thought about that one. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, medical uh, supplies. You can usually yeah. buy them too. And, uh, you know, and I just say this, I remember, you know, being in law enforcement uh, when I was younger and, um, you know, some of the sites that we would order certain things off of, you know, whether it be, um, you know, extra sets of handcuffs, um, just, you know, uh, anything that we carried, uh, duty belts, stuff like that. They also sold backpacks that had medical kits in them, including, um, including you know, tourniquets, uh, um uh, uh, sutures, stuff like that. I think one of the things everybody should get at one point or another is actual, um, I know everybody has some sort of power tool, but one mm. of those, uh, hand crank, hand crank drills, like they yep. used to use yeah. just like those old school manual tools. I think uh, chisels. Kind of like, yeah. Just stuff like that. It'll definitely come. Hand saws. Yeah. It's a good uh, idea. Yeah. I picked up a a big bow saw because like eventually mm-hmm. there's not going to be any gas and you're going to need some way to cut down a tree. Absolutely, yeah. man. Those big fold out knife style saws are great too. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can cut down a 
you know, a fairly decent size, uh, you know, yearling or maybe two year old tree. You know, I'm a big fan one. of the Fisker axes too. Yeah. Yeah. Those, Fisker axe, yeah. those things are badass. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and like Rosemary said, it's never a bad idea to have a bug out bag with medical supplies in here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially stuff like sutures, you know, that's, uh, it, you gotta think, you know, in, in a, in a shit hits fan scenario, you know, you're not going to have the amenity of being able to load up and take a family member to the hospital. I just bought a one gallon, um, box of salt and, um, God was like, what did you do? (laughs) (laughs) Well, in case of emergency, we're going to need salt. And he's like, well, there's salt and pork and beans. You'll be fine. And I'm like, no, like we need salt. It's important. It's, you know, um, it's, it's got all these properties that we need our electrolytes and whatever. And electrolytes and is everything. a great preservative. Uh, well, not only yeah. that, uh, so it's, it's, al- it's also pretty good. I don't recommend it, but I've done it. It's very good for cauterizing wounds. Mm, yeah. Hmm. It hurts yeah. like hell. It hurts like hell, but damn, <laughs> it stops the blood flow immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, and it's great for uh tannin hides uh preserving meat uh things like that you know i mean it's definitely you know uh anything that needs to be dehydrated can be dehydrated and solved pretty quick mm-hmm. um, i think that's how people used to dehydrate things was get it in that salt and then just hang it up yeah and people don't like realize death of you know foodborne illnesses i'm like i gotta put it in a machine and then i found out they used to just hang it out upside like outside on strings it blew my mind i'm like (laughs) i'm far removed from food like how did i get this way and and i'm somebody who studies food and agriculture and all these things and so i still don't know everything i'm still learning well Well, chucky probably knows up there don't you guys it's okay don't you guys I know you guys like go, you, you know, when you do a like, especially up in Alaska, I think you guys do too up there. So when you go salmon fishing, you put the salmon salt, salt the, the fillets out and, and hang them up, right? Yeah, put them up in a smoke shack for a while and mm-hmm. everyone smokes their salmon. Yeah. But speaking of food, the next section we got up here is growing food. Yeah. Um, that's where we hang out mostly is we're always talking about growing food because we're always talking about eating food and the way that we get it is we grow it. Um, that's one of our favorite places to hang out. I, I don't have enough good things to say about the growing food section because that one's always popping off. Um, I know Colleen constantly updating us with her endeavors and it's so i told her like don't stop like never stop sharing your stuff with us because sometimes she's like oh i'm just you know posting too much and i'm like nope don't stop we love it like keep yeah, sharing so, so smart honorable mention to colleen and virgil again um yeah they she's always got some cool some cool shit that she's posting i love it um just a, a wealth mm-hmm. of knowledge um and those people, you know, the, yeah. you're talking about people that do it uh, already. You know, it's not, they're not just prepping. They do, they do this, uh, you know, they grow their food now for sustenance. And that's uh, tried and true. 
Yeah. Know, that's something that uh, you don't see a lot anymore. They kind of remind me a lot of, uh, uh, I mean, obviously they have different skill sets than, than Tom, but, you know, Tom, we mentioned Tom on Mountain Men, um, Tom Moore, him and his wife, you know, uh, that, uh, Colleen and Virgil kind of remind me a lot of that. They just, uh, they know how to, uh, they know how to use their resources. Yep. In that section, you really see from farm to table. Like it just goes from you watch us growing it from a seedling to preserving it to preparing it in mills. And it's awesome. Well, it's prob there's probably another one about like cooking and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, you go from growing food and then the next channel down is food prep. Yep. Food prep. So, so um, like I said, you you see it growing, and then we produce it, we can it, we put it in the freezer. Uh, we're gonna find some kind of way to store it, and or even put it in the salt. Yeah, and, and how valuable is that to know? You know, I mean, to can your own food. I don't do it, and you know, yeah. I, I need to, but that's a uh, very valuable. That's right. And so a lot of these concepts, you can go out and you can research on them on your own. That's completely fine. You're going to figure it out. But what's so cool about these servers is that we are all communicating about it. So a lot of the resources are there and some things that you've never even thought of, we're as a community putting things into it to where um, we're all learning outside the box. That's the cool thing about it is you're learning stuff that you wouldn't even seek out on your own because you wouldn't have thought about it. Yeah. Like blanching beans and, you know, prepping, prepping them for storage that way, because then you're boiling them essentially and, mm -hmm. uh, or steaming them. And so it's killing all the bacterias and any little bugs and whatever that might be on them. So they're not going to spoil when you put them into storage. Yep. That's oh. one of the, um i didn't do for many years and then i learned better and now i do that extra step and it makes a difference one of the things i want to start doing is uh cultivating chlorella and growing mushrooms edible mushrooms not not the fun ones. <laughs> i mean those two i mean but mainly yeah, the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah i mean like morels and stuff yeah especially with chlorella since it's a, a super algae it's a very very nutritious for the human body and um for an algae it has a uh, high protein content mm, yeah is that the stuff they grow in space yes that's the one okay yeah yeah, yeah. and old man's beard we've, we've mentioned that a lot too old man's beard is great for medicinal purposes oh you know what else is great for uh medicinal purposes um cannabis oh yeah absolutely that too but <laughs> uh you can never go wrong with cannabis but uh um, <laughs> yarrow oh yarrow root yeah yeah um it's great for toothaches it's a natural laxative um good for your uh intestines and uh um, natural painkiller and i think it's uh did i mention it's good for toothaches anyway yes. but yeah yeah uh alcohol is great for toothaches to not rub an alcohol, obviously. Well, I mean, it'll get you to forget your worries. Actually. Yeah, sure. yeah you, you'll be worried about something else. <laughs> the uh, headache in the morning. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, alcohol is very good for a toothache, too. I, uh, I remember having a wisdom tooth issue here three years ago at Christmas time, and nobody was in the office to do anything about it. So I had two weeks to 
deal with, uh, you know, with a tooth infection and, uh, you know, I was down and, and I don't even drink. And by the end of that two weeks, I was down and over a fifth a day of, of whiskey, uh, <laughs> but it was the only thing that I could do to help that pain. And it did it, you know, for the time it was, it was perfect for the time being, especially being that I don't drink on a regular basis. So, yeah, you know, it wasn't something that really affected my health, uh, horribly in a, neg- you know, in a negative way. Uh, so short term, I'm not, not telling people to get to get drunk all the time. Every time you have a, any pain, but, uh, it was definitely great for that tooth pain. All right. Outlaw, Next the, up, um, we oh, go ahead, Rosemary. Outlaw, how did the Yarrow, um, treat the toothache pain? Like, do, do you have a, do you have an experience with that? Yeah, I actually used to chew it when I was in the Boy Scouts. Um, whenever we were doing our week long, uh, what do you call it, Boy Scout camp during the summers, um, I remember having a toothache and um, found some yarrow. Um, actually, one of our uh, scout leaders was talking about it. He showed us what it was. Then I remember having a toothache and uh, I used yarrow. I chewed it and it actually numbs the mouth, kind of like Origel. Really? Yeah, cool. that actually works really well. I didn't know that that one was that had a numbing agent in it. Yeah, it's um, in my opinion, it works a lot better than Aura Gel. Hmm. That's fucking awesome, that one. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Good to know. Um, also, okay, I want to say Yarrow and Queens Anne's Lace and um, it it starts with an H, Hemlock. They all look Ooh. very now. Hemlock is deadly. Be care- yeah, yeah, you gotta be very <laughs> careful with hemlock. Your plant identification to so be very careful with those three. Okay. Mm-hmm. Another one that will help with a toothache, there's called something called a toothache plant. And it's just a little compact plant with little yellow buds. And that one I knew was a numbing agent. And the other one is a tree, the bark of the Hercules plant. Or, I'm sorry, the Hercules tree. Um, it's also called a toothache tree. And it has like these big old spikes on it. And if you find one of those, um, you can use that for a numbing agent too. But Yarrow, I didn't know about. So I just learned something new. That's exciting. There are a lot of trees that have medicinal yeah. properties in the bark. I, I've noticed. Yeah, uh, especially Aspen. Um, mm, yeah. Uh, well, cocaine uh, cocaine is a numbing agent um, <laughs> well and, and i know yeah. all joking aside i mean it really is it's an anesthetic uh yeah that's why it's not a it's not a schedule one it's a schedule two um because it does have medicinal properties uh which i think there are a lot of things that have medicinal properties that are on the schedule one that i won't get into right now but uh, uh cocaine definitely does i mean it's not you know uh obviously like the hemlock use with caution but you know it, it is a it is a numbing agent yeah, unless you want severe for, intestinal burning and eventual <laughs> death don't, yeah. don't well, you're not going to get that with a small amount of cocaine don't be taking hemlock <laughs> <laughs> and we're um, not promoting the use of cocaine i'm just saying <laughs> shit it's a fan scenario if you got if you've got any cartel friends you know just <laughs> and a toothache and simultaneously you know they might be able to help you take care of that <laughs> yeah Next up is one of my favorite channels, and that is the Hunting, Fishing, Gathering, and Foraging channel. 
That's a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. It's like it's just you just call it the awesome channel because that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's all the things: hunting, fishing, gathering. I don't know. I just feel like if you're out in the woods, you're going to be doing those things, and that's part of the rewilding. That's the whole premise of rewilding is to get your butt back in nature. Like, get outside. Go outside and go play. Like, go do the things. Go yeah. hunt. Fish, go get back to your roots go commune with nature um go find some poisonous plants and identify it and you know make sure you don't eat them yeah. <laughs> or wipe your ass with them i've done that oh gosh as a kid yeah like yes. when i go out hunting i always bring my day pack and i always make sure that i bring some clean bags for picking mushrooms or huckleberries or wild raspberries or strawberries any of that so that i can have a nice tasty treat if i don't get an animal coming home with something not empty-handed i mean the experience is everything but yeah. at least bringing home some food is better than nothing well and you talk you know when you talk about gathering i know it's going right back into and repeating but um you know we've said on here before we've talked about all of the the medicinal plants that literally grow in our yard uh you know uh dandelion root you've got uh the lactuca plant which I t i've spoken on briefly before which is uh it it uh binds with opioid receptors uh, it's very it's a lot like an opioid but uh a lot milder i, I would imagine uh but it's you know just the regular milkweed is, is what it looks like you know it's it's lactuca it's yard, what they call yard lettuce or uh yard opium I mean, over in your area, you guys got the wild ginseng. Mm -hmm. We do. I mean, yeah, as that's matter of a... fact, you can get killed for that. <laughs> yeah, sure. you can. I thought we had wild ginseng here because the plant looks an awful lot like uh, I found out it was actually wild sarsaparilla. So you can gather that up and make yourself some root beer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's sarsaparilla's medicinal too, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, it sure is. Yeah. Properties. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, ginseng, yeah, you know, a lot of, if you don't know, it's, you know, it looks a lot like a weed, got little berries on the plant, um, what look like, kind of like snake berries, um, uh, you know, a plant that's a few years old have, have, would have a decent root on it, you know, and those are very sought after, especially, you know, like, there, there are specific hunting seasons here for it, um, you can't take it off National Forest, obviously. What people get killed for around here is uh, pine mushrooms. Um, they are so expensive per pound, and really? those mushrooms get huge. Now, what what kind of mushroom is that? Is it like the turkey tail or? Uh, no, it's like a big, broad, uh, capped mushroom. Um, like can get like twenty pounds. Yeah. Like they're they're big. Yeah, that's fucking and huge. People guard those patches with shotguns. Wow! Wow, I didn't know that. That's cool. You, if you if you get a chance, send me a picture of that. That's I'd like to see that. Yeah, you bet. That's like one of my big things now is trying to get into mushroom ID and getting uh, healthy mushrooms to eat. Like looking into the chanterelles, but there's so many different varietals that you really got to know what you're looking at before you pick it. One of the things, girl take, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say one of the things that people overlook a lot is uh cattail. 
Jeez, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the roots are edible. You can boil them. Same with a fluff part. You can actually turn that into a flour, and uh, I use that to uh, my flour bake a little bread or whatever you call it. And um, you can also boil that part and eat it like corn on the cob. I love seeing the newbie videos where people think that they can just eat the fluff right off the stock. No. So they take a <laughs> they take a bite right out of it, and it just poofs in their mouth. Yeah. It's like cinnamon. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the cinnamon challenge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. Have you guys ever seen the milk challenge? You know, the old gallon challenge? Yeah. I've done it. Dude, I've done it. And I'm good Shit. at it. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I drank the whole gallon and I never puked. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. That I could dude, if you give me a, just a just a minute amount of honey, just a couple or three tablespoons of honey. I know it's not minute to most people. That is to me. Uh, I'm a big old dude, but you give me that, I could down a gallon of milk just to wash it down. Dude, if that were me, you wouldn't want to be around me. You'd be uh, a fire hose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm highly lactose intolerant, so. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely <laughs> don't want to be doing that then. And that's like a kryptonite for me right there <laughs> yeah we used to have well like we've got uh you know had and i guess we still do i'm not for sure we had a pretty good agriculture program right here ag uh, ffa program um and we would go to the uh fair each year and one of the uh one of the competitions is a uh milk drinking competition it's just like a like a half pint or a pint uh, of milk it was a pint you, you drink and uh yeah to me that's nothing that is nothing <laughs> yeah wussy's yeah, gonna try the gallon challenge yeah <laughs> we did that during my uh construction college class <laughs> dude the other day you, you guys familiar with bang energy yeah the other day i shotgunned a bang because i saw somebody doing it on tiktok you know <laughs> I was about 20 minutes in. It was like, it was like cocaine. I mean, just <laughs> fucking straight to the brain. It was good. It was good. Damn. I nailed it though. Your heart it. can keep up with that. Yeah. I got a, I got a pretty big heart. Uh, uh, not that I'm real sweet or anything. I just, uh, I'm a big dude. So it's, it's probably pretty, my heart's probably pretty big. <laughs> oh, that honey, you ought to be sweet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Rosemary. Next up, we have forging, tanning, knots, and woodworking. Yeah, I don't really know a lot about those things, but I put them in there in case, um, you know, people want to talk about it. I know Z is a forger. He is uh, into making knives, and so is my husband, but he hasn't done, Scott hasn't done any forging probably in the past two years. He built his little forge and then... He pretty much um abandoned that project but that's okay and then i know some other people are into tanning um i, I, I am actually um oh, okay I, I like tan what hide, have you yeah. made with your tanning um i've done well i've really only done one deer hide but the rest are, are just uh are just uh rabbit and uh raccoon but uh not not very uh not very hard to do now i don't do i've not done uh a lot of brain tanning 
uh, the next one I'd like to do a, a brain tan and then and do the smoking, you know, actually smoke it and uh, and finish it off the the native style, you know, the old traditional style. Well, um, are you gonna pee on it? Well, no, no, no. Uh, I'm not gonna kink chain you or anything, Chucky. But, uh, the Romans did it. <laughs> uh, it's part of tanning. Yeah, yeah, they put straight testosterone. That's uh, where the saying. Uh, you're so poor you don't have a pot to piss in in because people would pee in a pot and they'd sell it to the tanner yeah no i mean i've done a lot of the orange bottle tanning and a lot of people don't know this but every animal in north america aside from the buffalo the the american bison has enough tannins in its own brain to tan its whole entire hide um you know that's uh that's just a cool a fun fact that um that i remember researching and, and that's you know that's true it's uh pretty awesome to think about you know that every every animal in north america aside from the buffalo has enough uh tannins in its brain to tan its hide mm-hmm. uh, so like if, just if we had uh our world system go down and we got no way to go out shopping like we normally do it would almost Currency. become essential to know how to tan yeah. and make Currency. your own clothing yeah absolutely you trade that for food or, or goods whatever you know whatever you need um ammunition obviously um i can't stress enough how 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 awesome of a of a uh of a talent um learning how to to shoot a bow or a slingshot um could be as well we're getting there we're getting there hold your horses (laughs) (laughs) sorry i didn't mean to jump ahead getting a little trigger happy there dick (laughs) yeah Well, not to mention with forging, man, if you can start, um, or if you learn how to forge nails, that'll come in big time. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, that'll be a very valuable thing uh, uh, to learn. You'll be a very valuable person, I should say. Yes. If you can't, you have to go back to the old way of making wooden nails. Yeah. And, you know, that takes skill, too, and a lot of patience. Yeah. Um. But like we were saying earlier, having those hand tools would become invaluable when you're starting to do this woodworking without power. Because um, like eventually you'd have to build yourself some sort of home or shelter or shed or, you know, chicken coop or something. And you're going to have to learn the basics of woodworking at the very least. I mean, yeah, I'm you- really lucky because Scott knows carpentry like he's a mechanic by trade he knows carpentry so he builds me all the things if i envision it he builds it and it's amazing <laughs> so there you go. guys out awesome. there if you're trying to figure out like how to get a girl like go learn some skills <laughs> and then go show the skill <laughs> to the girl <laughs> you're not wrong yeah that's yeah, dro- how it's done <laughs> drop the liberal arts program and pick up a trade <laughs> pick up a trade i don't care what it is but... Stop drinking soy for the love of God. Yeah, please, God. <laughs> yeah. <Not> go... <laughs> Dude, I, yeah, I challenge you to go into the store and find any any sweet that doesn't have soy in it or any food. Uh, and it, they're, they're few and far between. Canola. Uh, yes. Uh, and, um, yeah, soy, soybean oil, that or soy lecithin, that, yeah, that's a... That's a big one I see all the time, and and don't be fooled by sunflower less than either. Uh, you mm. know that uh, just because it says sunflower, I don't mean it's healthy. 
That's right. That's right. Next up, we have bushcrafting, camping, and hiking. This is where you come in, Chucky. Who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it you, Chucky, who talks about bushcrafting? Because I don't even really know. So that would fall under like your animal ID, knowing the animals that are out in the bush, understanding what the plants are out there, and knowing what is edible, what's not, uh, knowing what trees are what. So that'd be a, that would be your tree ID, would be bushcraft. Medicinal. Oh, okay. Land. Thank um, you. So now I know where to put the trees. Yeah, so was, I think it was Z was the one who was saying bushcrafting is being out in nature and using what you have around you to survive. Is yeah. that a good expl explanation? Yeah. I mean, you, you got to know what things are in order to do that. So animal id and everything comes in into play there because like you might see a skunk and be nose deaf <laughs> you might not want to eat that skunk <laughs> ew do you think anybody has eaten skunk like remove the i know people have eaten skunk okay do you think that skunk tastes like it smells just gotta eat it front to back I'm sorry. I don't, sorry. It was I don't even want to think about eating a skunk. I think uh, it would almost taste like I don't know, like it smells basically. Ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> skunk like how do you, like how do you amend it? You deep fry it, um, boil it. Uh, I don't know how you would get that out because, like, if your dog gets sprayed with a skunk, you have to do all kinds of rituals to get that stink any, off of it. <laughs> any species of weasel has a special kind of stink to them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gross. Even squirrel, even squirrel, when you cook it, has a, an off smell. Yeah. When you cook it, not when you. Yeah. Eat it. You know, I love squirrel. I don't want to put it down. I, I mean, even definitely don't want do. people to shy away from trying it because it's very, it's very good. I make some awesome squirrel pot pie, but the but yeah any any rodent really has a off smell especially when you're cooking it um, yeah bushcrafting yeah. is like un understanding the mannerisms of how things work so you like understand the nature of you know everything's going to come to the watering hole so if you want to find them look around the watering hole um, knowing how to find good clean drinking water and not stagnant puddle water yeah. that's going to get you Jardia or worse. Um, Bring us in on that, Chucky. You've talked about it before. Go Jardia? No, uh, like finding a fresh water source. Like, oh, good vibe. <laughs> well, I mean, you source. want nice moving water that's running yeah. clean and clear. You don't want to be drinking like brown water or uh, puddles with too much algae in it. Yeah. Um, surefire way to get sick. Higher elevation. You'll be firing out both ends. Yeah. 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 Giardia is not fun. I can tell you from experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't don't be drinking right around the Beaver Lodge. Yeah, things like that, like bear bear meat. Bear meat is wonderful meat. Great great fats. Uh, but again, there's you another one. You know, you got to watch out the uh, wild mm. bear, especially black bear carry. Uh, uh, what is it? Trichinosis. Lots of parasite. Uh, yeah. But especially in the fall. Yeah. Springtime, um, they they run a little bit cleaner little leaner mm -hmm. um fall they're all greasy and parasite ridden 
Yeah. Same with Groundhog. Get a lot of good fat content. Yeah. Time Tick of year score. makes a difference. Time of year makes a difference. Uh, where yeah, what they're what they're eating makes a big difference. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and you know where you're hunting them. Not that I like to eat groundhog or anything. That's uh, believe it or not, I've not. That's one thing I've not eaten. Um, a lot of my hunting friends have. Uh, but once again, you know, in a survival situation, you've got that right there is a good high high fat content food. And I guess with the camping and hiking section, you can kind of throw in the hobbyist people to uh, chime in there wherever they find a nice camping spot and want to share their uh, their trip or the view yeah. that they got when they hiked to the top of the mountain. I know I've done that. Um, great place to like show your adventures. Yeah, the last trip that we took was to Rockport, which we go there all the time, and we found some nice little nature trails and we just posted about that with the flowers and um i also posted about this fire starter log that i have it's uh the heart of the pine tree that has been dead and um it is filled with sap and you can take that and use it for kindling and so if you have something like that out in the wild you're not having to like rub sticks together so you have a lighter you can just light it up and good to go yeah, invaluable um, piece of wood to pick up while you're walking around. Yeah, and so that's why this group is awesome, because you learn those things. <laughs> All right, next up we have training for the end of the world. <laughs> this one is intended to be, it's like a workout kind of program, because I feel like, in our day and age, we need to be like doing activities that will help us should we need to run for our lives. <laughs> that's that's the training for the end of the world. Because there could be a zombie apocalypse. There could be a weather event. There could be a situation where your car is not working and you're going to need to like truck it. And if you don't have like the capacity to get from point A to point B without being out of breath, then training for the end of the world is for you. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I always tell people like burpees, burpees, burpees. Oh man. I wish I could do burpees. I'm just getting over my hand healing um, from when I broke it roller skating and the doctors cleared me. He's like, start out with like three pound weights and then move up and move up and move up. But I would love to do a burpee. And I would have never said that before. <laughs> you can actually replace burpees with, uh, or not burpees, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. You can replace uh, running with burpees and have a better result. That's kind of what I've been doing, yeah. um, is just doing the treadmill and the elliptical machine. and mm-hmm. Just trying to keep up without being out of breath. And there are a lot of things too. Like if you're like me, you're, you know, you're a big guy, you're out of shape. There's a lot of things you can do to, uh, you know, you can bend and and do different things that you can't, you know, to supplement the things you can't do. Uh, One good thing I like is the sandbag. And you seem like a lot of people are getting into that, you know, a great, great thing because I'm getting ready to build a sand pit out back here to do, um, to work out outside. Um, you know, one thing we've got, of course, we've got the, we've got a, a, a huge tractor tire we flip, and then we've got the, uh, of course, the sledgehammer, but those sandbags, you can take those sandbags, 
throw them behind you, go pick it up, throw it behind you, go pick it up, throw it behind you. Another great cardio uh, and strength workout. Yeah. Um, a lot of these things, you know, that you can supplement until you get to the point where you can do a lot of burpees or uh, things like that. You know, those sandbags, you can start down, you can go down like 25 pounds. You know, um, you start out with 25 pounds sandbag and it just looks like a duffel bag that you have uh, containers of sand in. Um, but, you know, you start out at 25, work your way up to 150. Yeah. You know? Right. And then the other part about the training for the end of the world is whenever there's going to be high stress situations and we're going to need to keep a cool, calm, collective mind, um, we're going to need those tools of uh, working out, exercising, making yourself uncomfortable. If you are doing those things, then whenever this high stress situation occurs, you're able to like slow your thoughts and bring it back into focus. Like, okay, this isn't as bad as like the cold plunge that I did this morning where it felt like ice was pricking my skin, or this isn't as bad as the hundred burpees that I had to do to, you know, whatever, or the run that I did. So more than working out is just for a physical stamina perspective. It's also a mental stamina. And I think that we're going to need both when it comes to fighting what we're going to have to come up against. And maybe it's nothing. Maybe I'm being like crazy conspiracy theory lady and nothing's going to happen, but still you're going to be in good shape. Yeah. Yeah. Like what's the downfall of like taking care of your health and your mind? Like that's if you, if you have any retrospect and you look back at, at pre 20, pre 2020 and post 2020, and you don't think there's a reason to be, mentally aware of the uh possibility of shit hitting the fan then you are far beyond naive um mm-hmm. so i think you're right on point i mean and that's why there's a lot of us talking about it now you know it's not it's it's a very very real possibility yep we All i right. mean at, at least at or at best case scenario look at we are one of the most hated countries in this world yeah. Next up, we have chickens and livestock. Yeah. Um, my neighbor, she just reached out to me about this chicken and it had this bloody bottom and she didn't know what was going on with this chicken. And I'm like, well, let me reach out to my friends. And, you know, I posted out, hey, you know, we have a problem with this chicken and I think Chucky was like right on it. He said, that sounds like his egg bound. And I said, well, that makes a lot of sense because this is the same chicken that was egg bound uh, a couple months ago. And she was soaking the chicken in Epsom salt to get it, to get it better. And now it's escalated. So I guess it got better, but then maybe, you know, reverted back, but I was able to find her some information. So hopefully she'll be able to save this chicken's life. And um, a lot of us are working on getting, our livestock or some chickens or things like that so that we can be more self-sufficient for a while their eggs shot through the roof i mean it was like eight dollars for a store pack of you know 12 or a dozen eggs and um i guess there was like a chicken craze there for a minute but i know a lot of people are working on their homesteads and chickens are a great gateway drug to being self-sufficient. 
Yeah. And if you're in town, by the way, I just want to mention this, and that's why Lizard and I are, get, are getting ready to do it too. Uh, if you're in a town in a town where you can't have, you know, uh, a, a certain livestock, rabbits are a great alternative too. Um, you know, there's not a lot of fat on them, but of course, there's not really on chickens either. But um, or at least not chicken meat. Uh, thighs, you know, thigh meat, of course, has has some really good healthy fats. But um, rabbits are, are a great alternative too um, to that. Uh, and that's you know, like I said, Lizard and I are, are getting ready to to start that. So wish us luck. Yeah, I can't wait for y'all to get your rabbits. I tried to run that by Scott today, and he wasn't having it. <laughs> See, I'm in a rental property, and I try to push my boundaries with yeah. like what I can get away with. <laughs> the thing beware of beware of trying sheep and goats. They are little hellions, and if they ever escape, they're gonna eat your entire garden. Yeah. Oh hell. Yeah, they are um, cute though. The cool thing with rabbits, though, especially meat rabbits, you, you get larger breeds like the New Zealand or the California. Um, you know, they breed often, and then, and not only that, and they're ready to eat in uh, eight to 12 weeks. You know, 12 weeks, you think 12 weeks that's you know, less than three months, these things are, are ready to eat. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of pay for little effort really in, in that aspect uh, you were talking about the the egg mound chicken we actually had to put down one of our turkeys she prolapsed after uh, uh, laying a big egg and we had to put one down for that but uh, yeah I, I love that turkey too She I could go outside and I would take a turkey call like that we would use in the wild and I would uh, I would um, I would hit that call it was just a mouth call I'd hit that call once or twice and she would be on me like she was, you know, she would come right to my feet and lay, and, and I love that turkey. <laughs> but we had to, we eventually had to put her down. I want turkeys one day, one yeah. day. I want my all the things though. <laughs> yeah, a I, fox uh... ate my duck. Yeah, like I had two ducks, and a fox ate one of them about a year ago. So. I have in the mail coming to me right now is five peaking duck eggs and I'm going to incubate them. So look out for that in the nice. pets and That's chickens awesome. and livestock channel <laughs> coming awesome. soon. We have I to used put... to have a pet Muscovy duck and uh, we were raising some at the time. So we had these baby chicks and they were, you know, maybe like they were in their teenage stage and, uh, I was going in, out to lock them up for the night and I was doing a head count and I kept coming up one more than we should have. So I thought I was losing my mind. So I run inside and I, I talked to my mom. I'm like, how many ducks do we have? She tells me, I'm like, I thought so. We got one extra out there. So somehow we got this other duck that just joined the flock out of nowhere. And he's <laughs> right around the same age. Yeah. So I named him Wildcard because he just came out of nowhere. Uh, that's and awesome. He ended up being the best pet you've ever had out of a bird. That's I mean, awesome. He would greet me like a dog. He'd be wagging his tail and doing his little uh muscovies don't quack, they kind of make like a hiss. And he'd do this excited little hiss when he saw you. I taught him to play catch. I mean <laughs> he was like a 20 25 pound bird too yeah he was a, he was a big boy 
and he didn't take no guff from the chickens he'd grab them and almost half drown them in his swimming pool (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny you mentioned that you if i can ever get lizard on here you'll have to ask me see we also had a we had a pet peking duck or pecking peking duck uh um his name was mike and uh the fox that got our male turkey got him too um but he was the same that was our attack duck Mm. um and that duck hated jehovah's witness that oh, i swear really? dude they would come that to our door fun. and he would be out there you'd hear mike go nuts and he'd be pecking at their feet just whack 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 i mean and pecking at their feet it was uh, fucking awesome <laughs> we gave just- one of Wildcard's offspring to my aunt and she named him elvis and they live out on the west coast and they had this black bear break into their chicken coop and it killed oh, every man. single bird wow. except for except for Elvis. So Damn. when the conservation officer came in to shoot the bear, it was in one corner of the chicken coop and Elvis was in the other and they were having a standoff. <laughs> <laughs> that was one tough duck. Well, what made you me know? think of it, you were talking about wild cards. See, Mike had to, and he's, a, like I said, he was a pecking duck. So he's a big white duck. And he actually had two mallards that came out here and stayed in our creek forever. Oh, nice. And he was he was like the alpha, Mike was, our pet dog. And they were like, you know, they would just follow him around. That's really cool. Yeah, he was free range. We just let him go wherever the neighbors loved him. <laughs> That's cute. All right. Next up, we got another favorite of mine. It's the distillery. That's my favorite too. Yeah, outlaws. I want to say Poppy Joe requested this server or channel. This channel. Pretty sure he did. He was talking it, and then I think Colleen was talking about you know using it for essential oils. So that's what I want to do. I want to have two distills. I want to have one for like alcohol, maybe wine, and then one for essential oils. So I'm going to have like a two-part operation on that someday, one day. But Cider, I need to learn how to wine, do it. wine, whiskey. Yep, the wines and the whiskeys. And I bought my first grape plants today. I bought – I don't remember the varieties. I just remember one's yellow – I'm not sorry. One's green and one's purple. And I'm going to experiment with just these two, like keep them in a bucket – I'm going to make some trellis so they can climb and I'm going to learn how to properly care for grape plants so that eventually I can have um, a vineyard because I don't think it's a great idea to just start out with a whole ass vineyard that like, I want to know, like if I just kill it right away, I'll know not to do that. And I've just wasted $15 versus planting a whole field out and then killing them. <laughs> and then I've wasted a whole investment. So that's kind of my logic behind it. Yeah. And I'm excited. Another thing that would be very Everything valuable. in baby steps. Yeah. Baby steps. Yeah. That's another thing that would be very valuable in, uh, yeah, in time of crisis or chaos, you know, um, just like currency, uh, the uh, alcohol is, you know, obviously will be like currency. Yeah, well, I mean, well, back, in, back in the day, they used to give you a swig of whiskey before they cut your limb off if they needed to amputate. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, not only so, that, um, you can also use a distillery for water and uh, um, distilled waterworks, or it's great for uh, batteries and such, larger batteries. Yeah. And, yeah, that's a really good point. And also I... for uh, nebulizers and um, breathing apparatuses. Yeah, which you know that's one that's one area I'll be fucking screwed in because <laughs> uh, I won't. Yeah, shit, it's fan. And there's no power. I'll have no no uh, no bipap. <laughs> but but yeah, uh, you're right. Distilled water it has you know it definitely will have value too because um, you can you know obviously people do drink distilled water. Um, uh, I'm with Chucky on the distilled and the reverse osmosis. It's pretty much dead water but it's still yeah it will still hydrate you um but i'm with chuck you know anything that's got a lot of minerals is obviously a better um avenue than what we would yeah if you can build yourself a a natural cistern outside that that'd be a lot better Mm -hmm. yeah uh, or if you're, I mean, if you're like me or Chucky, you're fortunate. I'm sure Chucky's, he's in the mountains like I am. You know, you got a lot of, uh, a lot of natural springs, especially here in the Appalachians. Well, I'm right beside a river. Yeah. yeah well, I am too. I've actually got a creek running through my backyard that runs straight into the river, you know, and my egg comes out of a spring off the top of the mountain. And then we've got another spot in our yard that's, that's literally a natural spring that just popped up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, very fortunate in that area, but. Uh, and even if I wasn't, I'm never more than a few miles away from a natural spring on National Forest or something. All right. Next up, we have the pollinators and plant identification channel. Yeah. The, okay. So the pollinators are going to be your butterflies, bees, a beneficial insects that can help defend your garden from pests um so all of those things so you're going to want to incorporate different plants that can promote certain species so the best thing to do for yourself is plant native plants in your area native plants are going to bring in um beneficial insects and they're going to be helping to get rid of um insects that are a nuisance essentially but also the pollinators they are going to help you get your crops pollinated or your fruit trees or any anything that you're going to need pollinated you're going to want bees you're going to want butterflies you're going to want all these critters that are kind of come in collect pollen on their feet and transform for it to another plant so it can your plants can reproduce um that's something that everybody needs to be thinking about as far as how we can make the world better because right now we're just demolishing all these beneficial plants and diminishing our insects and it's not good it's not good for our ecosystem I know that some of these things are like bottom of the food chain, but without the food chain, then it breaks. And then, you know, that's where, that's where we're going to lose our food system. So if we want to continue to eat, we're going to, we need to, you know, promote the pollinators. Mm 
I'm really passionate about the pollinators. It's something that is super important. And and while they are natural predators of honeybees, that wasps in small in small doses are not bad either because they are also. Uh, I had to I had to check myself on that, but I thought they are um, pollinators as well. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. I know I didn't. I remember hearing it, and then, uh, like I said, I had to check make sure I was right that they are wasps are uh, are pollinators as well. So. Yeah, th this channel is a work in progress. I've been, you know, struggling with like how to name it properly, but essentially, you know, I wanted it to be about the plants that the pollinators eat and the pollinators themselves, essentially. Yeah. But I just don't know of a clever name that's snazzy. So that one's kind of winded. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people don't realize because there, there are a lot of people that are taking up keeping bees now. Um, and that is, that's awesome because it's, I mean, that, that's not just for them. That's important to the, the entire area around them. Um, uh, mm -hmm. you know, those bees are, are very, very important. Yeah. I watched a Netflix documentary about how these beehives like would get wiped out um, for various reasons, either malicious attacks or um, say that you're lending out your bees to an orchard and then someone comes along and steals them or destroys them. Um, I, I'm not sure where this militia attack on bees is coming from. It, like, it doesn't make sense to me, <laughs> but it's happening. And um, I don't know. I just think the <laughs> Moby's the... <laughs> I don't know why anybody would hurt them. More yeah. bees, the better. One of the... I really don't recommend doing this, but since we're on the flower topic, um, Belladonna. Um, again, I really don't recommend anyone grow this unless they know what they're doing. It's very toxic. But at the same time, it's also used uh, to treat um, for uh, if you ingest poison or whatever. If you're poisoned, uh, you can use Belladonna. I mean, you have to be very careful. It uh, counteracts poison or um, certain nerve agents, but um, in certain medicinal purposes, uh, you can also use it to treat uh, um, heart disorders or heart. Um, how do I say this? Um, arrhythmia. Like you, arrhythmia. Yeah. Again, just you have to be very careful with it. It's a highly toxic plant, but it also does have very good medicinal pur purposes same idea with nightshade yeah I, I think they're in well i don't know if they're in the same family but very similar um characteristics characteristics mm -hmm. okay, i know oh, go ahead uh -huh. oh i want to touch on that one second i noticed that the headache medicine that steve posted about in hollow sky he's um the ingredient the main ingredient from that was belladonna um yeah. I don't remember the name of the headache medicine. It was like stop headache or something like that. But that was interesting to me to find out that they used it. Well, it's kind of like, um, um, oh, what the ergot fungus, um, you know, ergot fungus obviously is a precursor to, uh, lysergic acid diethylamide, which is made from the lysergic acid that is natural in ergot and, of course, also in uh, morning glory um, species of plants. But, uh, I mean, obviously, 
can be very very potent and not not good for you but in small doses uh treats cluster headaches very well um and another thing you know and i i, I don't know if there's a channel for this i don't want to skip ahead if i am i, I apologize but um you know i remember being younger you know using uh certain anabolic substances and we always used uh liver uh, liver aid pills um and I don't, that's another thing. It's not bad to have on you just in case you do, you know, accidentally get, uh, sick from a plan or something like that. You can always, uh, it's a quick fix for the liver. Um, and it's, uh, live 52 is the one that the, the one I like the most. Uh, it comes from the, it comes from the Himalaya company out of India, but very, very good. Matter of fact, I've, I've seen in my own lab work, the liver enzymes, um, go from dangerously high to uh normal and and i'm talking in a matter of like two weeks uh a certain <clears throat> blood test that i had two weeks apart yeah it actually actually the, the they have one called live 52 ds and it actually helps people re reverse uh, uh some instances of uh liver cirrhosis Cool. So not, and it's usually good for a couple of years on the shelf too. So definitely good to, good thing to have if you're prepping. All right. Next up, we have the podcast channel. Um, podcast is just where we post podcasts, probably related to this channel or the server. So that one, I don't have too much to say about that. It's yeah, pretty... it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, and off to astronomy and celestial navigation. This one's pretty new. The rest of the ones that we're going to talk about are pretty new. And I like this one because I'm into the stars. And really, I mean, this could be astrology and astronomy, but it's more of the scientific side on this side. And then... There are other places, you know, where we talk about astrology. So I didn't see it necessary to be here. Um, yeah, I'm into the stars. I'm into how the stars correlate to our Earth now and the history. Like, why did the, the ancient people, why did they align everything, you know, mathematically with the the astrological signs like that's weird and it's and with perfect math <laughs> like they we held do... it in high impo importance yeah they did and so like why don't we it's it's so strange to me but anyways that this is a place where we can talk about those things if we want to or um you know navigation what are we going to do if communications go down i know that without google maps i'm lost so maybe we can learn something about navigation. <laughs> well, I know that if you don't have your Google Maps, I think everybody should know how to identify the North Star. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is going to be your compass without a compass. Every night you're going to be able to see it as long as you got the sky available to you. Um, definitely important to learn. There's three constellations in the sky that are year round. That'll help you identify where it needs to be. And that is the Big Dipper, the Little Dipper, and Cassiopeia.
I don't think I'm familiar with Cassiopeia. It's the I one that kind of looks like a uh, M or a W when you're looking up into the sky. Yeah, that one I am familiar with. It, it's pretty pretty big out there. All right, this is Dick's favorite channel, and it's Bert's Rec Room. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Outlaw and I are both uh, hardware fanatics, aren't we, Outlaw? Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and and I don't want to, that one's kind of self-explanatory. I don't want to delve into it too much. You know, I I do keep a lot of hardware and ammunition around. Um, But, you know, that that's one of those things. I mean, like I said earlier, obviously it's great to have, but I think, Certain skill sets are just as important. You know, shoot archery. Um, you know, a lot of people underestimate a slingshot. Um, yeah, they do. I mean, you're talking about a, a very, if you learn to use it, you're talking about a very, um, very uh, accurate weapon. The most abundant source of ammunition you'll ever find. Absolutely. Yeah. And, a very, and a very accurate weapon. You can pick up a thousand um, uh, glass or ceramic shot for like eight bucks at Walmart. Why yeah. not have, why not have, you know, three or four of those put up? I mean, it's like eight bucks. Uh, you know, Rosemary mentioned salt earlier, another you know, cheap one, but uh, along with this channel, this certain channel, you know, um, 22 ammunition, uh, another underestimated that great for self-defense. A lot of people underestimate that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched a guy, uh, you know, I actually it's the most of- common murder weapon is 22. Yeah um the cheaper ammunition is is usually you know uh, i remember in uh taking a class at one of the uh an online class at one of the criminal justice academies and um another one the the two most common used to kill that were killing police officers at the time with vests were nine millimeter full metal jacket and 7.62 by 39 yep uh Another good penetrator, though, a lot of people underestimate is a uh, 22 long rifle. Great for self-defense, but not but self-defense on a back burner. Look at what a great hunting weapon mm-hmm. a 22 is. Um, yeah, and you know, pretty pretty quiet, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you're in times of chaos and you don't want a lot of people hearing you out here shooting, you know, that's a, a great round to uh, take, you know, anything – anything coyote or smaller you know um which i've seen a lot of deer killed with them and yeah that's pretty unethical but it um, is uh if you ask me but then again you know in it's a, doable in a, but it's unethical absolutely absolutely but now then again you know if you're talking about a you know survival situation that's obviously a different a different story um, yeah but yes but yes very, but still one like i said a great thing to have you know uh groundhog squirrel um you know rabbit you know you can shoot all of those ethically and yep. quick kill with a with a 22 long you can get a goose or a shot. duck too yeah yeah another right. one is shot a shotgun uh yeah yeah how much does it cost to get a cheap shotgun right now 180 bucks yeah you oh know? yeah i mean i uh, i bought uh an end of the world shotgun it's the uh um remington uh versamax and yeah. that sucker will shoot any size of 12 gauge load yeah 
Yeah, so. and I, I just bought a shockwave. Um, and, uh, you know, it shoots the little shorty shells too. Um, but the versatility of a shotgun, I mm-hmm. mean, you've got everything from birdshot, which will take, once again, you know, everything coyote size or down um, within 50 yards ethically, very ethically. Uh, then you move up to double op buck. You've got, you know, right there's your bear defense. Uh, and I don't care what anybody says. You put a double op buck close range in a bear, it's going down. Um, you got to think double op buck is a, uh, now why it might not be heavy grainage, you're, you're talking each each pellet is uh, 330 thousandths. That's 25 thousandths of an inch, just a tiny, I mean, so minute you couldn't see with the eye. Uh, difference smaller than a nine millimeter, and it's got nine pellets in a regular two and three quarter inch shell. So you imagine shooting nine, nine millimeter rounds in one pull of the trigger. Yeah. Um, going as going actually faster in most cases than a nine millimeter from the muzzle. Um, and then you move up into slug and now you're into, you know, something that's bigger and just as powerful as a 4570. you know? So right there in that $180 gun, you've got the capability to take anything on, on this continent yeah very versatile mm-hmm. jumping back to the slingshot um there's one time i was out hunting and i took my son out just for a grouse hunt and uh we didn't have much luck seeing birds and i just got to the end of the road where i'd usually put my trigger lock back on my gun for traveling back home i come around the next corner after i lock my gun up and there's a grouse. So I'm like, oh shit, I already locked up my gun and this thing's going to take off if I waste any more time. So I just happen to have my slingshot in the glove box. So I grab my slingshot, grab a steely. I hop out of the car and I, I'm i pretty good at instinct shooting with it. And I uh, Robin Hood that sucker right in the side of the head. And awesome. Yeah, it, it was just as good at... Clean kill, just like a gunshot. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. Just, I mean, and like I said, it, it, once you're good with them, I mean, those things are are deadly accurate. Once you learn how to shoot them. Oh yeah. Um, same with a sling bow. Uh, yeah. I've, I've watched a lot of people here recently. Uh, I mean, that they even come with whisker biscuits on them now. You know, to stabilize the arrow. I mean, um, I can't remember the name of the company. I'll share it on the next one, but. Um, that uh, they they sell one that actually has switchable heads on it. You, you can go from a regular traditional slingshot to a sling bow. Um, I wouldn't recommend the darts because you'll put one of those through your hand. But the uh, yeah, <laughs> but the the sling bow and the slingshot, awesome sling bow within thirty yards easily take a deer. All right, Rosemary. Next up, we got uh, your new friend is the Permaculture Revolution. Permaculture Revolution. That one is a uh, puppy Joe named this one. He he just wanted a permaculture channel. And I'm pretty sure that permaculture is going to be like... <laughs> It's going to be like building up your soil. Like you're not going to be like tilling in. It's going to be the most natural way of growing things kind of. And 
Um, I, I really like permaculture for those reasons, because you're not disturbing the micro uh, biology, the ecosystem under the ground. So, um, that one is really great. I think it could go along with, um, growing food, but, um, growing food is going to be, you know, you just get it in a bucket, get it in the ground, get it however you can get it versus the, the permaculture revolution is going to be more about how to maintain your soil microbiology and keep it long-term sustainability of the soil yeah keeping it fertile for a long time over time exactly so that one is going to be invaluable in the future when whenever we all learn how to figure that one out (laughs) yeah uh next up we have the library which is also pretty explanatory um yeah books and such find books relating to the topics that we have here post your links for what you're reading um invaluable sorts of information because if the internet or everything goes down you want those books in order to have that information yeah Yeah, definitely get you a library going i've got several medical books herbal books um cookbooks anything that you're gonna look up on the internet get a book for it so that you can have a resource should the internet go down because that could be a possibility very very uh feasible possibility I have one called medicinal herbalism and it's literally the chemical breakdown of herbs. So not only is it, Oh, you know, lavender is good for calming. No, it's going to have like the chemical compounds that you would see in a chemistry class for lavender with like the little module, you know, the molecules and the atoms and the building blocks and it's going to tell you the chemical structure of it and then how it breaks down chemically and i can understand most of it not all of it some of it goes over my head but i'd rather have something you know more advanced and then i can figure it out than like not have that at all but within um, the next I have couple one of that, months go ahead go ahead i'm sorry oh i just want to say i have a book that's really simple when it comes to medicinal properties and then i have one that's very complicated like complex just so that i have a good range and i can yeah. you know go to each one and get the information i need i'm sorry but go ahead <laughs> no 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 it's okay uh th- this is your baby i know i just wanted to say here in the next uh couple months on on the rewilding roundtable i would love to have an episode uh based solely on our on our like for us to come up with like a cumulative uh necessity library like of mm-hmm. of, of books that we uh, i mean we really could do a whole episode on that uh, okay yeah where we actually, i'd like to uh, bring on um little bo peep squatch for that because her mm-hmm. and i are and caroline we're all like avid readers and i want to say jenny too so we could have like a girls night <laughs> yeah that's no absolutely <laughs> and, and talk about books yeah no absolutely this is your this is your thing and i i'm i'm stoked just that you oh of course and jc and i should is it jc or jace because i'll say jace Jace. she goes by both but yeah okay then i've been doing it wrong i've been saying (laughs) my bad girlfriend she is awesome yes we love jc she's she's an asset all all of all of our members are but yeah she is definitely an asset but i'd love to have like a compilation of of 
of essential books for rewilding um and f- for prepping you know yeah things that things that we and and i, I want to plug them i don't you know obviously they didn't they're not affiliated with us in any way but um a lot of people you can pick up a lot of awesome books like you're talking about herbs um uh one of my favorites obviously is hand loading and i pick even hand loading i pick them up there still um right now anyways uh and that's ollie's uh ollie's bargain out but they we have the their stores that are i don't know if you guys have them where you all are from um but it's like a it's like a wholesale store uh and they have a ton of cheap books um mm. usually usually like they they get them at closeouts and stuff like that and resell them um, but you well, I've said before you're on products. here before, uh, thriftbooks.com is a fantastic mm-hmm. resource for getting used books. You can get them so cheap. Dude, I picked up a an awesome hand-loading manual from there the other day um, that is like, it's got every caliber you can think of. Um, mm. And I picked it up for like nine bucks. And we're talking yeah. like a $30 book. One of the books I always recommend people to get, especially when they're dealing with survival, is... Uh, the Boy Scout Handbook. You can never go wrong without one. I mean, yes. I think I mentioned it in one of our podcast episodes that yeah, I mean, it's still to me personally, that's better than any uh military survival handbook or um oh, sure. Yeah. Well, and you just mentioned one, any pre-90s uh military handbooks in their full format are great to have, and you can pick yeah. a lot of those up on eBay. Um, the Hunter Training Corps Manual is also a fantastic yeah. book to have. The Hunter Training Corps Manual, is that what you said? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds I mean I don't know what it is, but it sounds like uh awesome it's book. the it's the book that we use up here in Canada that you have to read before you take your uh your core course is what they call it. So that allows you to buy your hunting license. Yes. Yeah, okay. Now see now down here um here in the States, uh you used to, and you still do here in Virginia, you have to, 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 um, and it used to be a lot more strenuous, but you still have to certify that you have taken a hunter safety course, uh, yeah. here for your hunting license, kind of like you would have to have a, a firearms training class for your concealed carry. You know, um, yeah. luckily I'm, you know, I have the academy, so I don't, well, of course I had a hunter safety course too. And actually back in the day, which obviously they don't do that anymore in school because God forbid, but back in the day, they actually offered it in our schools, the hunter safety course. Yeah. Yeah. They used to have it when I was in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's where I got my hunter safety course at the, my hunter safety education course uh, was free through the, through the, uh, through my junior high school. Yep. They don't do that. Anymore. Um, We've already touched on this one a little bit tonight, but uh, the next channel is Don't Eat That. <laughs> <laughs> don't eat the yellow snow. Yeah, don't eat that. It's <laughs> the brown snow is good, though. It's chocolate. Oh, oh. man. <laughs> yeah, make this sure you channel, pick up those always... moose nuggets on the side of the trail. <laughs> <laughs> That's chocolate you'll ever eat apprehensive about making this one because people don't like being told what to do and so I think with the don't eat that it's more of a you know what do what you want to do I'm just going to tell you it's full of chemicals and bullshit so do what you want to do you do you but I'm going to let you know like 
what's shit like just eat whole foods <laughs> if it's not whole foods it's probably going to be in the don't eat that section <laughs> i mean it's i love like being that, told what to do i'm like that redhead. video i found a while back and it showed a uh a pork farm and oh, they I were oh god yeah they were taking the leftover bread and stuff from grocery stores and feeding moldy. it to the pigs now no yeah the problem was that the bread was moldy and they weren't even taking it out of the plastic wrapper they were just yeah. grinding it up as is and then feeding it to the pigs so you're feeding all those pigs all that plastic all that rot and nastiness and it really turned me off of pork when i started watching that it's yeah. like watching how hot dogs are made <laughs> <laughs> yeah between that and my heart rate skyrocketing after eating um, pork as I was breaking my fast, um, between those two scenarios, I've eliminated pork from my diet. I'll probably still eat bacon occasionally, like on a popper. Um, oh, how could you give up bacon? Yeah, yeah, there's that. But I was thinking bacon. I could probably get away with like a turkey bacon and then wrap that or a beef bacon and wrap that around a popper in a pinch but you i don't heard know that right dick she said beef bacon i saw it <laughs> at the grocery store the next day i was like "Ooh, synchronicity <laughs> <laughs> i know i just like to bug them about it yeah, or unicorn bacon whatever you know <laughs> i'd eat that <laughs> oh shit yeah not, not to mention the pork is horrible for inflammation too um I mean, just throwing that out there, it really is. If you have inflammation and eat pork, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, I was just sitting there at my computer and, you know, I was doing some studying and I'm eating some pork. Um, I don't remember what it was. And all of a sudden, my heart rate monitor just starts like vibrating. And I looked down and my heart rate was 140. And I was like, I'm not doing anything except eating this pork. Like, what mm. is going on? That's it's probably horrible. an immune response because pork is so close to human uh, in terms of like you can actually do organ transplants from pigs into people. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes that's viable. So it's probably almost akin to cannibalism in a way. Yeah, my body didn't like it at all. So I... Dude, I just started sick. breaking fast with um, beef, chicken, eggs, tuna, like those kinds of things. And I have not had the same response. Like it's, it's nothing like that. That's ne it's never happened since that time that I, I broke fast with pork. So I think there's something because I've been doing, I've been practicing fasting. So I'll go for several hours without eating. And then I'll start eating like usually around noon or one o'clock or two o'clock, something like that. That is so crazy that you your heart monitor went to 140. That's nuts. Yeah, I I was not expecting that to happen. Like I didn't know that was a thing. It was a shocker. Wow. Yep. And I guess I need, I could mimic the I could do it again just to make sure that that's what it was. But no, I know no, that no, I wouldn't recommend you doing that again. Did you what? I said I wouldn't recommend you doing that again. That's yeah, that's the thing. Like, is dangerous. Kind of me. Yeah, I'm too scared to try it again. I mean, that's like, I mean, that's like target, like, uh, 
cardiovascular workout. Like that you shouldn't be that high unless you are legitimately like running, jogging for like half hour. Right. Yeah. Cause even vigorous exercise is like 120, 130. You yeah, know, I'm I mean, sure it could go, you know, higher, like up into 170, but yeah, um, just I mean, for I, like I run 385 not- pounds and I'm telling you right now, like I don't get 140 being this fat and and running on elliptical. Like I'm, I usually hover the highest, you know, even at me, you know, tearing it up is a hundred is 130 to 135 beats per minute. I mean, you're just sitting there eating pork and getting 140. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. That's and what, it happened two days in a row. Cause you know, I'm like, so well, I got odd. this pork. I'm just going to eat it. Cause that's what I have to eat. And then I'm like, well, I'm not doing that no more. And then sure enough, you know, I check it. Okay. I'm eating this, whatever beef it's not happening okay the next day okay i'm eating these eggs okay that's not happening and i've checked it every day since then because now i'm scared to death (laughs) and it has not happened again so that's what i'm going to attribute it to was the pork and plus watching that video where they're feeding these pork like plastic and stuff it's like well you know maybe this pork is full of things that my body is just rejecting you know your Mm. body is going to tell you what's up you have to listen to your body well talking about listening to your body the next uh channel is the apothecary and natural healing and holistic medicine yeah this one is awesome because this is where we talk about all of the things that you can do that are natural remedies and while you know none of us are doctors and none of us claim to be doctors um there are things that we can be doing that are natural remedies that we can try before we head, you know, straight into some kind of like pharmaceutical situation. So I just wish that like doctors would kind of try like the herbal remedies along with the pharmaceuticals and they can't try to make it work together. And I know a lot of good doctors do, but some doctors just push the pharmaceutical side. So I'd like to see Ryan, that change in the future. Ryan Alexander will tell you that you'll get shadow man faster for talking holistic medicine than you will for burning yep. an LGBT flag. Um, seriously, you burn a rainbow flag, you, you'll get censored a lot faster for saying holistic medicine. Yeah, my mom sent me a Nuts. video of this lady and she goes to the doctor for like a foot issue. And the doctor says, oh, well, we need to test your liver so that we can see if you can handle the certain medication. And then if you can handle it, then we're going to put you on this antibiotic for the next like three months and then hopefully it'll clear up. And the woman's like, hey, it's just a pro- like it's a little tiny thing with my foot. Is there any like is there anything else you can suggest? Because that seems a little bit invasive. And the doctor says. Well, you could just try and soak it in some apple cider vinegar. And the woman said, why wouldn't you lead with that? <laughs> like, why would right. you lead with, we need to test your liver enzymes. <laughs> so to see if you can handle this medication, when you're talking about, she's like, is, is vinegar harmful? And the doctor's like, no, vinegar is not harmful. And it's like, okay, then why would you lead with something that, could potentially be harmful and and that's the state of our medical system unfortunately so well if they're testing how strong your liver is it's probably harmful yeah exactly but in the apothecary we're going to talk about teas and tinctures and herbal remedies and all the little things that can keep us healthy in a natural way 
because you know if you if you maintain health then you don't get sick and then you don't end up in the doctor so that's kind of the idea is to you know keep your immunity system boosted I used to get a counter cult podcast on you but uh did you uh you know you were talking about apple cider vinegar and we've you know a lot of people have talked about the benefits of apple cider vinegar i saw the thing you're talking about yeah yeah so so the biggest you know company that people would go to for apple cider vinegar with the mother of course being braggs and and guess who owns that now yep um katie perry and bill gates what and now the I don't know if you saw what I saw, but the apple cider vinegar, unfortunately, is it's been tainted. I don't know what happened to the recipe, but and and you know, the internet is not always going to be truthful. So take this with a grain of salt. And this information could be incorrect, so don't quote me on this. But I saw that somebody said that it had gone rotten and it had get, got maggots on it. And I watched a, bo- a bottle Dude. of this apple cider vinegar crawling with maggots. And so I guess just everybody keep your eyes open to see if this happens to yours. You know, just keep an eye on it. Because uh, I don't know why people would fake this information. But it's the internet. Take it for what it is. Yeah, you have to take everything with a grain of salt, but anything Bill Gates touches is fucked because that's the way he wants us to be. Um, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy, man. Yeah, I ended up, I had uh, three bottles of it. I have, I, I just decided I'm going to use it for cleaning. And I bought another bottle of another lady's organic brand, and I'll give that a try. I know it's yeah, fairly easy to make. Too. Yeah, um, it is. I just haven't had time in the past because it's a fermenting process and yeah. you need some mother. Shameless plug. If you guys want a shirt with Bill Gates's face on it that says, fuck this guy, that you can get that. That's a counterculture. By the way, you can pick <laughs> that up at tpublic.com. Um, shameless plug. Sorry. That's not an advertisement because we own that design. There you go. <laughs> it's an advertisement for us. <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by Countercult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you don't like Bill Gates, pick up your "fuck this guy" T-shirt at the Public. Um, but no, you like you're right though. You do have to take everything with a grain of salt. But it, you know, it's kind of like I mentioned last time. You know, a lot of these companies, like you could take that Bicot app, and a lot of these companies are now owned by people like Bill Gates or uh, investors, Katy Perry. Uh, or the big one that we see a lot, you know, just about everything you scan is owned by a fucking pharmaceutical company. Mm-hmm. That's why you make your own. Yeah. Um, as far as that goes, every company is uh, like, there's probably a handful of companies that own everything. Right. I mean, yeah. realistically. Yeah. And realistically. We we that that point. It's, it's true. I mean, it's all of the small companies have been bought out or the small mom and pop shops were killed during COVID and maybe some of them have made a comeback and maybe there some new ones have emerged, but the majority of your companies have been bought out by the big companies. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. Uh, COVID COVID was their excuse uh, to go and buy everything. Um, and um, I love it. You know, I, I just brought, it brought this to mind, but uh, how Brandon gets up there and talks about, 
all the new jobs. It's like, you didn't fucking create these jobs. You created a problem that made people go back to work and have to get two fucking jobs to afford groceries. Yeah, exactly. All right, Rosemary, next channel is Sourdough. Sourdough is all the rage right now. And so I just do it in there. We can talk about some discard recipes, throw in some recipes, show us your bread. Just a little fun spot for the sourdough. I made some sourdough waffles this morning with my discard just so I can keep it alive. I haven't made any loaves, but maybe soon. Oh, that's cool. Maybe, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Sourdough is good. Yeah, it has beneficial bacteria for us, for our gut microbiomes. Yeah. Now, does, does, it, does it fuck that all up when you toast it? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I, I couldn't imagine. But I mean, I, just I guess wanted, just wondering because that's the way I would like. You know, I, I can't imagine sourdough yeah, bread without. I mean, without they a good... say that's true that like when you cook it, it kind of cooks away some of the beneficial bacteria. But it still has already been broken down like at least one time yeah. Um, yeah, in the fermentation gotta, process. And you got to bake it in the first place, right? Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to eat. I mean, they say you can give it to your chickens raw or your pets raw, but. I'm not interested in eating it raw. Yeah, I'm not interested in it unless it's toasted and and has a healthy dose of butter on it. Mm -hmm. Vitamin B. But mostly, like, I do, like, the keto diet with just meats and vegetables and fats. And so sourdough is kind of like a treat. I, I don't eat it that often. Yeah. All right. Here's one of my favorite channels. I'm not retarded, but I like rocks. <laughs> I love him. I every love time I him. see that, every time I see that, though, I think of uh, of uh, the Great Deception podcast. I love the Monday Night Master Debaters, and that's in there. there yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like rocks. Those guys have a fucking cool ass rocks. intro. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love they use the uh, the Wu Tang Clan shadow boxing song now too um i'm a wu-tang fan i don't i'm not even a fan of rap and i love wu-tang <laughs> there you go i'm a fan of rock music <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm not retarded and i like rock <laughs> yeah as i sit in my office full of rocks yeah i love, I rocks. love rocks chucky does love rocks i do yeah. love my rocks I mean, I'm wearing a rock around my neck right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I like, dude, I, and, and it also makes me think of, uh, of, uh, that, that spoof also, also makes me think of, uh, I don't know why, but Harry Carey, Lizard and I got on Harry Carey the other day, and I think, I think back to Will Ferrell doing Harry Carey. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. The, uh, if the moon was made of cheese, would you eat it? <laughs> uh that's good stuff come on yeah i mean yeah. I, I i love going out and finding the crystals and the agates and all the cool rocks that you can find out in the wilderness yeah um i mean you can buy them but it's more fun to find them yourself yeah especially when you're using that uv light man that's cool shit yeah i mean like this uper light that i got here I mean that sucker glows like a hot damn when you put the UV on it. Yeah, dude, it really it blows my mind when you talk about that and the the 
Sasquatch, um, and, and the animals, you know, seeing in the UV spectrum, like, that's all. Everything but us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, other than the most primitive of creatures, obviously. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned on Tommy's podcast, you know, you were talking about that we probably at one time did see, you know. I, I don't doubt it for a second, because like any anyone that takes mushrooms starts seeing those colors when they're really tripping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all that's doing is connecting synapses in your brain that don't normally connect. With serotonin. And, and then uh, then you got the old abilities just for that short while while that psychoactive is going through your bloodstream, right? Yeah. So I don't doubt that we we could have seen like that in the past. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could take mushrooms and be telepathic? Oh, hell yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that, you know, in the past, the, uh, maybe being the... the old human that you know oh man then you have people going mental get out of my head (laughs) (laughs) everybody wearing a tinfoil faraday cage (laughs) yeah what's up next jackie all right the next channel is the seed exchange awesome this one i hope it kicks off i just created it so that if people want to exchange goods this is a barter system the seed exchange is a barter system. So if people want to connect here, oh, I'm looking for, oh, I have extra of any of that that needs to go on, it can go on right here. Um, and then you can rosemary. take that. Yeah, you can take that barter system to the direct messages, you know, get you a friend, and then you can exchange addresses and do what you need to do in private messages. But um, this will be a way to initiate those bartering system conversations. That's a great idea because sometimes you have a crop in one area that does way better than someone else's. Their whole crop might fail and they might need seed for the next year. And so if you've got like umpteen amount of squash and someone needs squash seeds, then why not barter for something else Mm -hmm. that you might need like beans or peas or something? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or if you're like me and like to pick up rare peppers and you breed your, you know, you Get your own seeds from mm-hmm. those. That's fucking cool, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, it I, doesn't have to be seeds. It is called the seed exchange. But if, you know, if somebody has something that they want to barter, you know, and maybe I could have named it something about bartering. But I just see, like, in my mind, like, a, <laughs> a plywood sign. It says the seed exchange. And it's, you know, like a little store where you can come and... <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it like is. it's the name of the store. Like one of those old, old style Wild West myself. Yeah, <laughs> I got that vibe myself the first time I saw it. That was cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. great idea. Yeah. Okay, the next up is a electroculture experiments channel, and that yes. one is quite fascinating. Yes, so we have been really chatty about electroculture lately, and some of us has tried it. Um, we've done research on it, and we are still uh, undecided. Like, because some people say it works great, some people say, "Oh, I did this control experiment, and there was no change." So, you know, I think that. What's going to happen with the electroculture experiments is 
we're all going to run through it. Um, and we're going to see, you know, what's going on in our own gardens. So I know that me and little Bo Peep Squatch, Colleen, um, there's a couple of us that we want to try a couple of um, experimental plots with the same exact soil, temperatures, water, fertilizer, all of the same consistency. And then one will have electroculture, one will not. And then we can determine if, if it's a viable source of gardening. Do you mind I explaining what electroculture is? Yeah, electroculture is the principle of using electricity to um, help fertilize your garden. So you're going to be using some grounding. Um, you're going to be using some copper. And I'm not exactly sure how the setup would work. I know you would have to have like copper poles and you would have to have proper grounding. And so electricity would come to your copper. It would penetrate through the soil and provide nutrients somehow to the plants. And I'm not sure exactly the scientific terminologies on how you get the nutrients, but that's the part that I would like to learn more on, on how to be more eloquent about explaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it seems like a, a nifty idea uh, to put into practice and see if it works. I think it adds extra protons and electrons into the system and the copper also helps to keep out bad bacterias and everything. It's also supposed to be an insect repellent. Um, so there seems to be a list of benefits to it, but uh, I mean, copper ain't cheap these days, and you don't want a meth head running through your garden and taking all your <laughs> copper either. I know. As soon as I put my first copper out there, I said, "Now the crackheads are going to show up. <laughs> Watch out!" I think they've kind of shifted their agenda to catalytic converters. Uh, oh, you're damn right! Might about be, that. You might be safe for a while. Um, yeah. I mean, I still probably wouldn't tell them, but you know, shit, nothing's off limits for them, man. No, no, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah, they'll you, you'll just hear someone out in the backyard, and like, I like rock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they love rock. Yeah, not rock. Rock. Wrong kind yeah. of rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, do they? I call them walkers. They fucking, they're everywhere here, dude. Everywhere. Um, I mean, it, it's really sad. Um, my my I mean, area in Virginia is like the capital of Virginia. Um, I wish no, people weren't poisoned with that shit, but I know it. It's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really is, man. It's, it's pitiful. Um, I know we joke about it, but it is pitiful. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have compost worms and insects yes um this one is a new channel and it doesn't have any information yet i just got some worms in in my compost bin i have one of those tier system worm composters and mm. i just bought like a pound of worms the red wigglers and so i'm just excuse me gonna use that for worm tea and the way that the warm tea works it has a spigot on it and like i don't know i can open the spigot and it's gonna 
it's kind of juicy down there like in the worm combos <laughs> like just to be honest with you like it's, Saucy. it's moist enough to where you can like open the spigot and you'll get some really fine um compost liquid and then you can add water to that to dilute it a little bit and use that to fertilize your plants and um one thing that I talked to my husband about today is I like to feed my birds these little uh, mealworms from Tractor Supply, and I'd like to get off of that. I'd like to learn the whole system of raising fly larvas. Uh, so I may mm. be talking about that in here soon if I get that figured out. Um, right. And because I have a dehydrator, so I just I feel like there's got to be a way to grow the mealworms and then somehow dehydrate them for the birds just ask bill gates he's trying to feed us them yeah <laughs> i mean it's a protein i get it i'll eat it but i'm not oh god like no it. i i i will not eat insects no thanks yeah I mean, that, but it, i wonder how much yeah, we're eating already not this guy yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like anything that he supports, fuck that. But it makes me wonder, like, wonder how much we're actually eating already. I'm not gonna lie. Though. I mean, you know, they're putting it in our food already, like in yeah. the ingredients. There's certain bugs that, especially like this red dye. There's a bug. Those chocolate grasshoppers are actually pretty good, though. Yeah, but locusts are actually like a traditional food. Yeah in a lot of places i mean that so are bad. so are grubs and whatnot but ugh, i ain't hakuna matata and that. <laughs> yeah i i do not want to eat bugs but i'm of the mind that i don't like saying what i'm not gonna do because then mm. sometimes yeah you get told what you are gonna do and it sucks <laughs> when you have to eat those words <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, going back to the compost thing, uh, my dad is a madman with compost, and he makes the most atomic compost you've ever smelled in your life. Uh, he's got this thing that we all call the poop soup barrel, and he puts manure and water, and then he adds in uh, sucker fish from out of the river. And he lets that rot and ferment, and it turns into this maggoty, nasty soup. And he'll take buckets full of that and pour it on the plants. And it's so rich in nitrogen that if the plant can't handle it, it often burns it to death. Yeah. But uh, other things, like, absolutely thrive on it. And they'll have the hugest garden you've ever seen. Anything that's a nitrogen-rich uh, cons uh, consumer. Uh, well, you know what Rosemary's talking about. Actually, the the worm castings are great for nitrogen, um, mm. and, and, and less offensive than the poop soup barrel. Yeah, yeah. Because like when Dad takes the lid off that thing, it'll clear out the neighborhood, guaranteed. Oh, I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like what she's talking about actually uh, has been used. Uh, those uh, earthworm teas have been used for uh, decades in cannabis uh, horticulture. Rich in nitrogen, 
Good, yeah. Yeah, I know a couple of people in the Discord were talking about getting some worms, so I'm looking forward to more um, communication about that in the future and people getting their worm compost going. And I have chicken compost. I do the deep litter method. It's it works. I got to do my pen. I'm gonna be cleaning my pen out this week. Mm. It's gonna be yeah. Worm friendly soil is healthy soil. Yeah, there are good places to buy amendments too for soil too. If you like soilless mixture, you want to start with soilless mixture and and add your own amendments and make your own soil. Yeah, add in I some sawdust and it'll help break up the soil if your soil's too hard and. You know, you just got to make sure you're using the right stuff. Don't be throwing like cedar shavings in your garden because that'll kill a lot of your plants. Yeah, but uh, I, I just used uh, actually I use Earth Dust right now. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a good company up there. Um, can't remember the name of it right off, um, but uh, it actually it used to be one of that was very sought after here, but we had to import it from Canada. Um, but Earth Dust is out in California, and it's one of their competitors. I can't remember the name of the one in Canada, but um, Earth Dust is really good. I've used it on cannabis, and it's uh, it's been great. So I'll plug them in there. <laughs> but what's up next, Chucky? Up next, we have actually our last channel, and it is frequencies, light, and sounds. And you know that's, that's... You come in. That is my back pocket. <laughs> so that's your jam. That that is my jam. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Busey. Well, tell us about it, Busey. <laughs> well, I mean, I I I beat this like a dead horse. Um, this is like a good place to post all kinds of cool information about like what you're seeing in the ultraviolet. If you got like sound cymatics that you're getting cool information on, like the solfeggio frequencies and like healing uh, sounds. Um, lately, uh, the internet's been all about uh, the destruction of old town bells and how that was systematically destroyed because all those bells whenever they chimed would actually heal people and in the folklore whenever the church anyway. bell would ring it would also dispel evil spirits um so there's a lot to the whole bell conspiracy and to actually rebel is to change the frequency which i think is really cool one of the things I'm actually looking into, or I was looking into, was um, how old uh, church towers, like the, including the bells and stuff like that, and uh, um, how old cathedrals, and this is just theory, um, they had the ability to create uh, rain in the town at one point. Uh, if you look at those old church towers, uh, some of the oldest ones, they had that big golden globe right mm -hmm. on the top of the spike they'd actually fill that with mercury Damn. super super cool like there was a theory that they were actually using like free electricity almost yeah. like a te tesla tower but i mean we don't really have any evidence of them using any kind of tool to do that but definitely the frequency portion of that plays out like 
I, there's a lot of temples in India that if you look at them from the sky, like down at them, they're the perfect sound cymatic pattern of certain frequencies. Like to the T. Yeah. Chucky, you're a fucking wealth of knowledge, man. Um, that um, I think that was awesome to, to rebel is to change the frequency. That's I never even thought about that. Yeah, I mean that's cool. You're 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 changing changing your tune, right? Yeah. You're not going along with the the programming that they're frequencing at. Yeah. Well, no doubt. That's what that's that's exactly what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Well, anyways, I, I know Rosemary's probably got to get uh, because I, 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 I think you you actually go to bed. You're the one that goes to bed at a decent time. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, no, like uh, I love it, Rosemary. I think that the rewilding server is it's literally one of my favorites. It's my favorite um, that I that I because I'll get notifications and just the the shit that's in there is awesome. The community's awesome. And I think it's was, uh, you know, that's what spurred us to start the the round table. Um, so I look, I really look forward to doing this. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for, um, you well, know, thanks for having out. us. This is you. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I feel like this is like a product of counter. <laughs> so I'm like a little, like an extra thing, an extra thing for your, your brand. Um, well, here in this group and this whole podcast and it's exciting it's an exciting experiment to see how far it goes and i would love for all of our friends to jump on here and all you know talk and we can pick through some of these topics and like you said with the books or uh, yeah. maybe one day we can have a discussion on I don't know some of the other topics that we talked about, like maybe clean water and some of the ways yeah. we can figure out. Um, I don't know. We can just dig deeper. And some of the people who are in the discord um, who specialize in certain things, I would love to talk to them and get more insight. And, you know, like for example, um, Michelle, she just got her ham radio license. And so, you know, it'd be nice to like follow up with her and see like what, she, how she's doing with it. And, you know, she is going for her next license. So, you know, we could catch up with her and um, any ideas that y'all have, just run them by us and let's talk about it and figure out um, what we can do to make this thing kind of grow and turn it into something. Absolutely. And it's built on a selfless idea. Um, Rosemary is made this for as a community for people to, uh, to share uh, knowledge that I mean, that's, that's oh, yeah. one thing that we will, that we can never have enough of is, yeah. is sharing knowledge. And it's free. and rewilding is not going to be like, you're not going to get hammered with any kind of politicals. You're not going to get hammered with any any of that, uh, no current events or, um, like current events. I like that channel over in counter cult. <laughs> That's where mm -hmm. it comes yeah. with the current events, but some people get, they just, they're tired of hearing it, you know? Yeah, so absolutely. rewilding is kind of like a refreshing, like nature <laughs> escape. Yeah. And I, it's, I, that's one of the things that's, that I love too. It's not, nobody's, there is no casting, you know, uh, uh, 
it's just no survival spells in anybody's direction you know it's just a it's it's just sharing uh useful knowledge yeah that, um that that people need to get back in touch with i think it's wonderful um wholesome community living it is and we yeah. will we'll post we will post the uh uh in this episode we'll repost the uh the um we'll post the uh discord server uh the link to the discord um and and probably go ahead and set up an email for it to uh rosemary um that way anybody that's interested um that's in, a good certain idea. Things can, can reach out to you uh that way um but yeah i love it i, I think you're doing a great job i think it's an awesome selfless idea and, and uh you're kind of known for that in the community so um, oh, thank you it's it's wonderful I, i'm glad to have this as, as a part of uh what we're doing too so because yes. um, you're right people get hammered with with uh you know ideologies and current events and the the fear campaigns and everything else that we discuss in all the other episodes and i think it's a good a good refreshment from that so uh, i really look forward to it and i would like to do the uh you know in one of the one of the near future episodes uh a collection of of literature for people you know that that we we would that you would see you know as essential um to have you know just in case shit were to to hit the fan you weren't to have uh god forbid people weren't to have webster's dictionary or or uh, an encyclopedia at their fingertips on google you know Mm -hmm. yeah i've got a just a real quick thing to say about that and then we can go um i needed a bill from 2020 from state farm and state farm uh only goes back to 2021 and i'm like okay well i need this bill from 2020 and so she's emailing this person and corporate isn't responding and it's a mess it is a mess i'm just gonna let you know like the things that you need are not always going to be on the internet and that's all i'm going to say about that and then we can move on Okay. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> well, you're you're right. I mean, uh, the, and that, but that like people having, you know, uh, things like you were talking about, you know, um, uh, growing food, sustenance, uh, you know, like I said, hand loading, um, you know, primitive tools, uh, all this, all these things, communication. Um, yeah, we had a lot of valuable information tonight. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Well, you're, I mean, it's your server. You, you do, you guys, you haven't, you have you've built an awesome server and you've got a lot of people over there that, uh, that are wonderful people. And, uh, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll bring one of them on next time. So. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, Rosemary, thanks again, guys. Y'all have anything to add? No, just you got uh, anything outlaw. I was just going to say, if you enjoy the show, rate us, um, please yes yeah uh exactly. we're always looking for ratings but if not if you hate us rate us anyway yeah have your mother-in-law yeah. listen to us it's cool and if your name is craig sorry <laughs> fuck you greg sorry not sorry sorry not yeah. sorry <laughs> yeah no doubt yeah please share us rate us uh if you hate us uh you know Put a little dick in your in your mother in law's ear. Uh, I'd be happy to 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 sing her a sweet lullaby. Um. Anyways, Chucky, if you'll see us out, brother. All right, everybody. Uh, that was a great chat, and we will see you next Tuesday. See ya.
Bye.